0: On with the show. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning, information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here. Hey, for this episode, we're, I'm going to throw it to Heather. She is interviewing Allison Gregory, who, thanks to uh, Heather's book, helped to get a second recess added to our daughter's school. So here is Heather and the interview. Thanks for listening.
1: So, um... Allison, I am so glad to have you as a guest because sometimes I put books out into the world and I don't hear back on the impact that it makes on kids and families. So first of all, thanks for reaching out and letting me know that that not only did you read, it's okay to go up the slide, but you took some inspiration from it and made some changes in kids' lives. Can you just introduce yourself a little bit and tell people um, who you are and, and you have a book out too?
2: Yes. Well, it's so nice to be here, Heather. Thank you. Um, and I was thrilled when I heard back from you um, years ago after I reached out and let you know that this really had an impact um, on some children's lives. Um, and yeah, I am. I have a new book out, um, a, a Parent's Guide to Holistic Health, And, um, which ties in obviously with children having, um, plenty of outdoor time. Um, and I basically, I found your book at my brother and sister-in-law's house while I was visiting them in California. Mm -hmm. And my daughter had just started. She was in kindergarten at that point. And I read this chapter on a child's right to recess. (laughs) Uh, And I thought, oh, that's my first thought was that's so strange because I just assumed that children have plenty of recess at schools all across the country. Um, And as I continued to read, I realized this was not the case and that it was something then that encouraged me to look into what was going on at um, a local level where I live in Massachusetts. Mm. And what did you find at your own daughter's school? So I found that there was only one recess um, for about 20 minutes a day, um, starting in first grade. Um, And it might not even, Be 20 minutes by the time the children um, were able to get in and out of their coats and jackets and hoops and everything. And line
1: up and please the teachers that the line is quiet and ready to go and all that.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Um, So I think that, you know, for me, I think that's it. I think there are two assumptions that parents make. I think the first is that their children are getting plenty of recess at school.
1: Yeah. Um, Because we remember remember our own childhoods and there was recess time and you just don't think about it again.
2: Exactly. Um, And I think that the second assumption parents make is that if their children are not getting recess, enough recess time um, or any recess time, that there's not really much they can do about it and they have to just grin and bear it and make sure they take their children outside um, after school or before school or Uh, whenever it works
1: for their family. So, and do you think there's a third assumption too, which is that, well, they must know best. They have to fit in all these subjects and I want my kid to do well in school and there's just no time for things like recess. I mean, even from the parents, I know sometimes the teachers are, are feeling that.
2: Sure, absolutely. I mean, I think we assume that when we send our children off to school, they're the experts, the real experts, and they know what's best for our children mm-hmm. and they've got it all handled. And if they need an X amount of, you know, academic minutes per day, um, that that's just, you know, what's, what is, what's best for our children to be able to learn and become successful adults.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. we just march through life with these, the beliefs really. Exactly.
2: Um, But from reading your book, what I realized was um, these are decisions that are actually made at the local or district level and that there is a lot that parents can do. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was thrilled when I reached the very end of your book because you include a recess advocacy letter that mm-hmm. parents can actually use to model and write a letter or have a place to start from, and mm-hmm. you know, parents are we're busy. You know, that's the other thing. So, the thought of taking on, you know, town hall or, you know, the superintendent and going up the ladder, I think is really intimidating. Um, but you don't have to do that um, to advocate for, for recess time.
1: Well, I'm thrilled because I wondered when I wrote those sample letters, I thought, I wonder if anyone's ever going to use these.
2: <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it feels that way. And not only was I able to use it and really have a grounded place to start um, that gave me the confidence to even be able to approach my elementary school principal, but I mean, it really was effective.
1: Um, and yeah. So, why, I, tell us what happened. So you thought, oh my gosh, she only has this one twenty-minute recess, and was the was the principal all happiness when you said, hey, we need to alter the school day schedule?
2: She what the principal said was, if what I tell people is, if you care enough about a subject to come into my office and talk to me about it, I'm I care enough to listen. But I think a lot of parents just think they won't ever get anywhere so they don't walk in the office, you know, this particular principal uh, was wonderful and she listened to, um, to everything I had to say about the benefits that we all know of what um, ample recess is for children and what it's not, you know, your book talks so much about also what recess is not, which I thought was Amazing because it's not gym class, right? It's not a movement break right. in class where you
1: <laughs> where <Well>, you start <laughs> stretching,
2: <laughs> yeah. right? Right, or the brain gym that a lot of teachers, you know, implement um, with good intentions. And all of these these tools are wonderful. Um, you know, in their own way, but they're not meant to replace recess. And certainly there should never be any punitive um, action taken Uh where a child loses their recess. Which which happens so
1: much. Yeah. Yeah. It really does it does. really happen a lot? Oh. Does that happen a lot today? Yeah, it happens a lot. And they, especially with the younger ages who need it so much, they have the little behavior charts. And once you move your little clothes peg from green down to red, and you're one of the bad kids for the day, you you miss recess. And that's exactly the kids who need the recess the most. It's it's a it's a very um, cyclical system that's just punishing kids for something that's very normal that they need to do.
2: Yeah. And uh, it is, uh, it, it's, it's just, it's surprising to, to that these things are going on today with recess and especially in a time where so many children also are on the computer at school now, as well as part of a digital learning program. And they need these breaks, you know, more yeah, than ever.
1: They do. So, and I think that with taking recess away as a punishment, it has to do with, these same adults, these caring adults who love working with kids would never think of taking away their lunch you know, you, you wiggled in class, you poked your neighbor or you didn't turn in your math homework. You don't get to eat lunch today. They would never say that, but it's really the same basic need. The need for food in the middle of the day is just the same as the need for a break for the kids to be away from the structure of school. They're both absolutely essential. And I think adults don't see it in that is they don't understand the full benefits.
2: Uh, that struck me when I was reading your book also that you had pointed out that the daytime recess is also as important as sleep at night yeah, yeah. it's essential for their for their well-being um, yeah. so yeah so our principal, this particular principal, was very receptive and um she thought hey you know this makes sense I do see the benefits and It's up to the teachers, though, to kind of determine their schedule. And, um, but she put out, she had a meeting and it was incredibly, this happened in August, right before the school year started. So so there is something that they can, the principals can do at a local level. You know, even if you think it's too late, it's not. Um, And what I would say is to parents that are wanting to, see if they can add recess or more recess. And, and that's the other thing. I would definitely encourage parents to find out how many minutes the recess is because one recess at 15 minutes isn't also a 30-minute recess. So having uh, shorter recess breaks throughout the day gives children consistent breaks. Um, but you, I think you know, schools, as your book points out, should be aiming for 30 minutes plus, right? I mean, is that kind of...
1: The yeah, period? well, there's there's all kinds of um, balances here. And one is that you want breaks throughout the day scattered so that all the learning they've just done can be input into their memory and that they can get their wiggles out and everything else. So you don't want it all concentrated. What a lot of schools do is say. Here's lunch and recess, we'll just put it all together. That doesn't help so much. But if you have very short little puny recesses, then the amount of social interaction and true play that kids can develop gets curtailed. So sometimes, I mean, I think about my elementary recesses, we had big ones and little ones. There was one near the end of the day where we just had 15 minutes to get our yahoos out. But we had a, a longer one in the morning that we could really develop play. So I think you can have a bit of both.
2: Yeah. Well, I would um, encourage parents to find examples, and this is what you how you know you guided me through the process with your book, um, to find examples of local schools in your nearby that um, are successfully implementing longer recess periods or ample recess, and then you can bring that with you you know, to your local principal and say, well, you know, this Pleasantville next door is doing it. So we all have the same amount of academic minutes that we have to meet, but there are schools that are doing it and that are modeling this um, this recess that our children need for their mind and body wellness. Um, and I think that that helps, you know, to go in um, and there's plenty of information out there and talk to other parents and you don't need a thousand signatures, you know, you just need a meeting.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. That's wonderful, yeah. Cause people get intimidated by, oh gosh, how much work do this have? I have kids at home, I have a job, I have all this stuff going, I don't have time for this. To know that it just it's just a meeting and then go from there. Maybe there's another meeting, but did you go in right. to talk to the principal more than once or she took it over from there?
2: I had two meetings with her. Um, and that was really all it took. and the other thing she implemented was having um, recess before lunch because at that point their recess, as you just said, was part of lunchtime and it was after lunch, which you know, is wonderful if they can change that because then kids are running around with food and you know drinks slashing around in their belly and it's you know not the best for the digestive system. <laughs> But um, I think, and then they can, as you say, get their yahoos out and then be more in a more relaxed state of mind to have their lunch and nourish their minds and bodies. Um, And so that was wonderful. And I would say also to not be discouraged. I had another um, series of conversations at my daughter's upper elementary school that uh, the principal there was not so receptive. And um, that was disappointing. But you know, it, it you shouldn't stop just because you know one one experience um, because of one experience. And so that my upper her upper elementary did not add another recess. Um, and I had a series of meetings first with her, the principal, and then with the superintendent and the principal. Um, and you know it. It was just they didn't they weren't very open minded. And, and I was coming, you know, from a school within the same district that had, um you know, added the recess so And now, as I was saying, my daughter just went into middle school, Um, she's just started sixth grade, and there's no recess. So I will go absolutely into middle school because you talk about in your book that even through 8th grade is it right that children really need to be outside during the day at school
1: and Honestly, all of us need, I mean adults and high school kids too, but it's very hard to try to crack that nut at the high school level. Um, So I usually stop the advocacy at eighth grade, but having watched my kids go through a a school that gave them a recess time, sixth, seventh and eighth grade. I mean, when you watch middle school, these early adolescents. They have a lot going on hormonally and everything else, and boy, recess is so essential. It's almost as essential, I think, as the, the preschoolers to just be able to do free play. Um, the, the teachers at my kids' school found that the harder they ran the kids, the better everything worked in the classroom. And this is talking about seventh and eighth graders as well, so older than most Americans think of for um, for recess. Yeah, it's going to be harder, I think, to get the um, uh, like, like, oh, yes, of course, as the, as the early elementary uh, adults are almost programmed to think kids don't need it later, yeah. um, but even a little bit can help at that age.
2: Yeah, no, it's such a good point about middle school and that early adolescence needing that release and that connection with nature and um, just that unstructured time which is what recess is all about just the real unstructured play or unstructured time when no one is telling you how to move your body or where to, where you should be looking or,
1: or who to talk to and all the rest. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's fantastic. I'm so glad that you um, found inspiration and, and did something and got good success at first. And I have had um, talking to teachers, some, um, we haven't had trouble with recess in my local area, but it was with homework. And some people of course are much more receptive than others to the message, Uh, but you just have to keep trying and bring in more. Did you bring in other parents or you didn't um, need to necessarily?
2: Um, I I talked with other parents because it was, you know, I'm passionate about this subject. And I was wondering if I was the only parent that was clueless. (laughs) thinking that there was plenty of research to reset recess. I'm going, is this just me? You know, what am I missing here? You know? Um, but yeah, I think what I found was that everybody was just assuming the same thing. So, no, I did not need, um, you know, a bunch of signatures or to bring in people with me that. And that's important to realize, too, it's, that really is not a requirement. It can be wonderful for your confidence and having a place to start. Um, but it, it really doesn't, you don't need that to affect change. They can mm-hmm. change the policy without that. Um, and, you know, to your point earlier, um, the principal at my daughter's early elementary school, the feedback also was that 100%, the, the focus in the classroom was um, renewed and um, children seemed to be, Um, more aware and more focused and calmer, um, less fidgety and, you know, better able to learn. So all of those academic hours and minutes that are so important, you know, I think what really is important is um, how productive they are if children are in need of a break, you know, those minutes are just useless.
1: Yeah. So So the teachers um, were reporting that back.
2: 100%. 100% and they mm-hmm. kept it um and they kept it uh you know in place because there was great feedback and so uh, yeah i thank you for writing this very inspiring book for um for everybody and it, it's absolutely i mean it it made such an impact um on my daughter's life and so many children's lives it's just amazing yeah. So well,
1: thank you. So <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, and thank you for um, having the courage to speak up, because that is something a lot of us aren't used to doing: is finding our voices and getting that courage up just to question a practice that, as you say, we kind of assume that they have this handled. Um, what was the end result? You got a second recess reinstated, and so now, and you got them changed around as far as the yeah. timing.
2: Exactly. There was a second recess reinstated, and they changed the recess from after lunch to before lunch. Um, and I think it brought an awareness to other ways that children could be outside. You know, the outdoor classrooms in the springtime. Um, we live in the Northeast, so you know, there's limited time when 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 children can be outside learning, but you know, I think it it did bring just an awareness to all of these different ways to get children outside um, throughout the day. And I think it was um, very well received, you know, even by the teachers because everybody benefits from being outside.
1: Yeah, wonderful. Well, thank you. And I hope this inspires more parents who are listening and teachers who may have control over some of the schedule for the day to, you know, remember. Recess is so essential, and even at our ages, we need to take breaks in our busy lives. So thank you, Allison, for taking a break in your busy life to share your experience with your daughter's school. Can you just tell people, since you are also an author now, um, your uh, you know the full title of your book and where people can find it and where they can find you on the internet?
2: So um, my book is The Parent's Complete Guide to Ayurveda, Principles, Practices, and Recipes for Happy, Healthy Kids. And you, it's published by Shambhala Publications. So it's on Shambhala's website. It's on Amazon. It's at Barnes and Noble. Um, and your independent local booksellers, um, absolutely, will will be able to get that. And, you know, it really is just more everyday, simple tools to um, support your child's mind and body. And, you know, nature is um, at the heart of it all, getting outside and being connected to nature and nature's rhythms and nature's cycles. And, um, you know, that is the essence of, of a holistic um, system of health. So it all ties together. And I thank you for uh, letting me talk about my new book
1: too. (laughs) Yeah, congratulations. Again, um, this is Alison Gregory, and we're just so delighted to have you on the Renegade Rules podcast. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Heather.
0: Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Schumacher. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.